It's Friday the 13th, and that's right, we got some college football news to discuss. Today, we're talking Kevin Warren leaving the Big Ten for the Chicago Bears. We're talking Jaden Rashada in Florida and what is going on there. Clemson with a new offensive coordinator. We got the latest on Jim Harbaugh, Derek Mason leaving Oklahoma State, Nick Saban voted Alabama number two in his final poll. We got a lot to discuss today, so why not join in on Winning Cures Everything? Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. It's football. I've been watching it for 40 years. Are you kidding me? You're listening to Winning Cures Everything. Game day, baby. Wake up or get out. Here's your host. A confident young man. A superb athlete. Gary Seegers. Welcome in. Winning Cures Everything. It is Friday, January the 13th. Typically, we're not going to be doing shows on Fridays, but... This week had some uh, some circumstances, but that's the good thing about doing your own show, right? Like you get to come in and uh, and really just release them whenever you want to. I know that you guys would like for me to be on a on a stringent schedule, and I will be. Uh, I believe we're going to do every Monday and Thursday uh, from now until you know football kicks off again, at least college football. Um, but yeah, there's a lot that we have to discuss. And I'm kind of glad that we're doing this today instead of yesterday, because otherwise we wouldn't have had the Clemson news. Uh, there's all this stuff going on with Jaden Rashada at Florida. There's just a lot to discuss. So before we do that, let me go on and tell you, uh, I'm your host, Gary Seegers. You can follow me on Twitter at GaryWCE. Hopefully everybody is having a wonderful, wonderful week thus far. And, uh, and since I'm not going to talk to you again between now and then, I hope you all have great weekends, right? And I'll probably say that at the end of the show, but either way. So, the show was brought to you by BetUS. It's America's premier online sports book. They've been doing this since 1994. they got fast payouts. They've got incredible customer service. And the layout for the website is easy to use, whether you are on mobile or you are on your computer or your tablet or whatever else. And on top of that, as if all that stuff wasn't enough of a reason to go and visit BetUS, let me tell you this. You sign up using the link in the description, and you will get a $50 free play, no deposit required. All you got to do is sign up. So go and check it out. BetUS.com. It is where the game begins. All right. Let's start off with this. Topic number one here. Kevin Warren, the Big Ten Commissioner, is now the President and CEO of the Chicago Bears. Now, let's look at this from the NFL standpoint. This makes absolutely perfect sense. Uh, Kevin Warren was with the Vikings before he oversaw the opening of their brand new 
uh, Dome Stadium in Minneapolis, it makes sense, right? He helped get them a new stadium. He went through the building process, da 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 The Bears are going through the same thing. They want a new stadium. They are going to have to go through the building process, et cetera, et cetera. And to be completely honest, uh, it looks like if if we're being honest with ourselves and, and what, what he is kind of hinting at, he wants to be the commissioner of the NFL one day. Now, you know, he's not a young guy, but if you're going to be in that role, you got to be in that league. So you got to take the first opportunity to get back that you can. However, here's my issue. We'll go on and pull it up on the screen. Ah, I've got the wrong thing pulled up. There we go. Um, he came in and was immediately dealt a bad hand as the commissioner of the Big Ten, right? Immediately dealt a bad hand because he had to deal with the pandemic just right off the bat. But I will tell you that there are a lot of people involved in the Big Ten that are not that unhappy to see him go, right? There are a lot of people that initially lost trust in him back when all that stuff was going on. And I'm, I'm going to go through the timeline here of exactly what he has done thus far in his tenure. And it's a short tenure, you know, just over three years. Uh, but this guy, let's see, he tried to cancel football in 2020. He then started the alliance with the ACC and the Pac-12. He blocked playoff expansion with that alliance, uh, at least initially. That, that has since been taken over because the presidents were like, this is absurd. What are we doing? Then he, uh, let's see. Oh, he persuaded USC and UCLA to come over and join uh, the Big Ten. Or he may not have persuaded. How about this? The USC, our USC and UCLA reached out. He found a way to get them in the Big Ten. And then he gets this gigantic media rights uh, package, this TV deal that's over a billion dollars a year. And, and now here we sit. Now, one of the biggest things, um, one of the biggest things that we have seen here is that he continued to hint about the Big Ten expansion, about the Big Ten wanting to uh, expand further. And I don't think everybody in the Big Ten was interested in doing that. There's nobody else out there that really makes sense. Once you've gotten to 16 teams, at least for a collegiate conference, it does not make a whole lot of sense to go beyond that. There's nobody else that brings actual you know, value. So why would you do it? And yet his idea was, we are going to be the biggest and the baddest, and we are going to control everything. Uh, it didn't... It didn't exactly work. And so, it, you know, he, he decided to head back over to the NFL, and I guess it does make sense. Now let's talk about what comes next for the Big Ten, right? Um, does this make the conference hesitant about hiring more NFL guys? And the same can be said for these other conferences. You know, once, once you got into a position like the Big Ten commissioner, Typically, that was a job that you just stayed in forever. You remember Jim Delaney was there for a long, long time. I don't think that's necessarily the case anymore, especially when you're bringing in guys like uh, like former media executives and et cetera, et cetera you know, big-time agents, uh, you know, guys that were running NFL uh, franchises and all that kind of stuff, right? It, it's not really the same. They're not, the job is not viewed the same by those guys. Now, somebody like Jim Phillips who is the ACC commissioner, used to be the Northwestern AD, that is somebody that would make a whole lot of sense here. Obviously, you got to talk to him, et cetera. All of the, the stuff that you would need to do as Kevin Warren going into those contract negotiations with TV networks, all that stuff's already been done. Now all you have to do is make the school presidents and the, and the school ADs happy. And that's something I think Jim Phillips can do. Now... You can get all conspiratorial if you would like to, right? You can discuss all these different options of, well, Jim Phillips went over to the ACC to build those relationships, but his plan was always to come back over to the Big Ten and take over this job, and then they're going to expand by getting Clemson and North Carolina or North Carolina and Virginia and blah, 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 right? Eh. I mean, it's that is all 
great for message boards. I don't think it's legit. Uh, but you never say never nowadays. Never say never. Uh, the other one, I mean, do you, do you maybe do you bring Jim Delaney out of retirement? Jim Delaney is a uh, what's the what's the word? He's working with the Rose Bowl consultant. That's the word that you got to pay attention to. He's a consultant for the Rose Bowl. Um, do you bring him back in? Is he somebody that you would be interested in? Just you know, because he ran the league for a very long time. Was the Big Ten caught flat-footed here? Remember, the board of presidents is completely different than the one that actually hired in Kevin Warren, which means it's completely different than the ones that were here with Jim Delaney. So, I am interested. Uh, I'm interested to see exactly what they're going to end up doing. Do they go with another one of these like the Pac-12 has done, like the Big 12 has done, one of these media executives or former executives that comes in and really views it as an entertainment property and is trying to sell it, trying to add value, et cetera, et cetera? Or is it somebody that's going to come in and really understand the role of sports inside a university? And that's where you're going to have to to decide, all right, are we more university or are we more entertainment property? And that's that's what I'm curious they're going to end up doing. I'm not totally certain here. Uh, if they if they bring in Jim Phillips, I'm going to go with more university-oriented, with more academic-oriented, but I could be wrong. I could be wrong. We'll see what the Big Ten ends up doing, but that is, I mean, look, they bring this guy in, and, I mean, this is the changes that he made in his three years are things that uh, will be, that they are changes that will be felt on this sport for the next century. They just will. This sport is forever changed uh, because of the way that he came in and did things. And I'm not saying whether or not it's good or bad. I'm just saying it has changed dramatically. And it's not necessarily all his fault. But he was uh, he certainly had a hand in it. I'll say that. He certainly, certainly had a hand in it. All right, let's move along. Let's talk about Jaden Rashada has not enrolled at Florida as of yet. And I believe that today is the cutoff day for him to enroll at Florida. Now, he was going to be an early enrollee. Uh, he could still come in over the spring, I guess, or uh, I guess uh, the summer would be when he could enroll. But the idea was he was going to be an early enrollee. And the reason that he is not currently on campus is because apparently, and this is according to his father, there have been issues with NIL. And, you know, you saw what was going on with Jaden Rashada uh, back when he was committed to the Miami Hurricanes. But then he drops his commitment there, and he says he is committed to Florida. And Florida is where he wanted to go anyway. This is from the Tampa Bay Times. It says, who is to blame for Florida Gators' Jaden Rashada stalemate? It says, the unprecedented situation in Gainesville is a product of a name, image, and likeness marketplace that makes little sense. It's from Matt Baker over there. Now, the situation here is Jaden Rashada's father uh, said that they are, quote-unquote, working through some things. And what that really is, is, you know, on three reported Wednesday that Jaden Rashada had asked to be released from his letter of intent that he signed uh, on, on early signing day. But the issue that they're working through is apparently... They were guaranteed $13 million in a contract. And that was from pledges from Florida boosters that, you know, committed to this thing. Uh, yeah, we're going we're gonna to pay this money, et cetera. And when it came time to pay the bill, they didn't have the money or they didn't want to give the money or they thought it was insane. Now, the $13 million is not for one season or whatever, right? It's $13 million over four or five years or whatever it is which makes sense for a player like this. I mean, he's a four-star quarterback. It, it, he ain't the top of the class. It's not, you know, whatever. But the going rate for a good quarterback is just absurd in college football as of right now. Uh, it, says, uh, it says about 13 million things, according to the Orlando Sentinel. That, the Sentinel reported through an anonymous source, is the value of the NIL deal at the center of this murky saga because Friday is the final day to drop our ad classes for UF spring semester. 
there is an urgency to resolve the process quickly. So, and it, this, this article, and I highly recommend that you go and read it, but it goes through who to, who to blame, who not to blame, etc. And what this boils down to is, one, it is absolutely embarrassing for the Florida coaches, for the Florida program in general, just everything surrounding Florida. This is an embarrassment. You say that you've got the money, you don't, or the guys won't give it to you. Uh, either way, this is not a good thing, right? No, no matter what goes on, whether Jaden Rashad ends up coming in later on or he doesn't, uh, at the end of the day, players are going to know about this. And when it comes down to, you know, you or another in-state school that might have the money guaranteed that they have shown they have proven that they are willing to pay it. It's it's going to change things. So I don't know that you can blame this on Billy Napier or any of the assistant coaches because technically they're not supposed to know about this stuff. Now, whether or not they were involved in the deal, who knows. But this issue is just ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Uh, but $13 million over four or five years is crazy crazy money for a player of that caliber because it like don't get me wrong he is a good quarterback but who uh to not know whether or not I mean remember we were we were all talking about how crazy it was that Nico at Tennessee who is a consensus top five top 10 player in this class was getting eight million dollars to go to Tennessee and this kid is ranked way lower but I, I do suppose it is supply and demand. When you get rivals going back and forth at each other, you know, Miami and Florida, yeah, I guess uh, I guess you can drive up the price a little bit. But, man, you got to figure out a way to rectify this situation. you got to get your house in order. Gators, I mean, come on. But that's, that's the situation, is the boosters, the NIL collective at Florida, is just being incredibly mismanaged. And this has bubbled up. Now, what I'm curious about is whether or not any of this stuff is really going to become public. Do they let him out of his uh, letter of intent? Do they let him out of that and just go wherever? Um, are they going to have to pay him at least something so that he doesn't tell everybody else about this? Like, I, I'm sure he's going to have to have some kind of a non-disclosure. But to get him to sign a non-disclosure, you're going to have to pay him something. How much is that non-disclosure worth? And at the same time, like, all these other recruiting classes are, are kind of filled up at this point. You know, I know that we still have a signing day on February 1st, but uh, he's still signed with Florida. He's, I would imagine he ends up asking for a release if we don't get news today. Now, obviously, I'm recording this a little bit earlier in the day, but this is, uh, this is very, very interesting. I'm curious. I'm so glad that his dad came out and talked to uh, to these news outlets. But whew, uh, I can't wait to see what the next step is going to be. Let's move along. And next on our list, Clemson knew that they had to make changes after last season, right? That Dabo understood it, and while he came across as hard headed, and we're going to do it this way and we're all about family here, et cetera, et cetera. Dabo Sweeney knew when he sat down at the end of the year that he was going to have to make some changes on his staff. He understood that because things are not going well at Clemson. And once you fall off that, that mountaintop, it's real hard to get going back up. It. But you got to do something. You had to change something. So last year we talked about the hires that he made uh, to replace his coordinators that had been there for a very, very long time. And we noticed that those guys didn't have a ton of experience outside of the Clemson football program. Brandon Streeter has been at Clemson in several roles since 2015. I mean, he played at Clemson. Brandon Streeter was the offensive coordinator. He was fired on Thursday. And the most savage thing about this is the fact that Dabo Sweeney didn't even let the body get cold, and he immediately let it be known. And maybe it wasn't him, but it was known widely last night, just a few hours after it was announced that 
uh, Streeter was being fired, that they were hiring TCU's offensive coordinator, Garrett Riley, who is, of course, Lincoln Riley's uh, younger brother. Now, TCU made it to the national championship game. All this kind of, And, of course, all the jokes have been made about uh, Dabo knew that, you know, he saw Garrett Riley put up seven points against Georgia. Well, his Clemson offense only put up three against Georgia last year, so he knew that this was an upgrade. I mean, I've, I've seen the jokes. I've seen the jokes. Here's what I know. I know that Garrett Riley is an interesting name. He, of course, is the Broyles Award winner as the top assistant in college football. We knew that there was going to be some opportunities for these guys. Uh, when, a, when a school like TCU makes a run like they did this year, you know that some poaching will be going on. I did not expect it to be Clemson. I thought Texas A&M was going to pay out the yin-yang to get this guy. But I think it absolutely makes sense for Garrett Riley. Here's what Clemson has that Texas A&M does not have. Clemson has a coach that is pretty hands-off when it comes to the offensive side of the ball, really both sides of the ball. Garrett Riley understands that Dabo Sweeney is a CEO coach. If he hires you to be his offensive coordinator, you are his offensive head coach. He's not going to tell you what to do. You go to Texas A&M, can you trust that Jimbo is going to be able to, to keep his hands off that thing? I don't think so. I don't think so. So, it's a smart move for Garrett Riley. I think it's a smart move for Clemson. And this is a step in the right direction for Dabo's program because it was getting stale. You know, it, he, he liked things done a certain way, and I understand that. But at the same time, you have to be willing to adapt. We've seen the best coaches in college football have to be able to adapt or else the game passes them by. Well, the best way to adapt is to hire in younger minds that are up on all of this new stuff, right? Like, coaches don't have a lot of time throughout the day to be able to stay on top of what exactly is happening. You bring in somebody like Garrett Riley, I think it's a big, big move. I am very curious. Uh, by the way, they're also bringing back Jeff Scott, of course, the former offensive coordinator. Uh, that's what everybody thought that he was probably going to do was bring back Jeff Scott, who was the South Florida head coach. Um, but he is he's going to be in an analyst role, which will certainly help out with, you know, continuity in the building. It'll help out with the recruiting, et cetera. Like, it's, I think that's just a good program move to bring him back in. But, uh, but yeah, Garrett Riley, the new OC. We will see what this looks like. We will see what this looks like. Uh, let's see. Hey, you know what? Let's take a break right quick. On the other side, we're going to talk a little bit of Jim Harbaugh, uh, Derek Mason. Like, what in the world is happening in Stillwater? We'll talk about Nick Saban for just a little bit, and uh, and then at the end, we've got some things that you need to know. But first, let's uh, let's do it. Let's check out some things you should know about. College football is back, and BetUS TV has you covered. Every Tuesday and Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern, we've got expert game analysis to help you make informed decisions before kickoff, only on the BetUS TV College Football Channel. Visit winningcureseverything.com to find everything you need to know about us, including full shows in video or podcast form, gambling picks, merch, the gear we use, and more. If you want more content from me, Gary, visit betustv.com. I host the How to Gamble on Sports show and, from August through January, the BetUS College Football Show. You can subscribe to both on YouTube. If you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, or whatever's your favorite podcast app. And if your app allows it, leave a five-star written review. Visit the Winning Cures Everything web store to get all kinds of football shirts, hats, hoodies, mugs, and more. Visit winningcureseverything.com store to see what all we've added. And now, back to the show. All right, uh, let me go on and tell you right quick, Flow Sports, absolutely fantastic. There's a link in the description. All I'm asking you to do is go and check it out. Check out Flow Sports, 25,000 different sports matches. They got MMA, they got D3 football, they got NCAA wrestling, all kinds of things over there. Check out the link in the description. Now, 
Let me tell you this. Jim Harbaugh continues to create news, maybe better than any college football coach that that I know of. I mean, it it is really a spectacle around him, almost at all times. It It is mind-blowing to see what he is able to do. And here he is, again, doing the same thing. He And it, the, the crazy thing is that his school president is in on it. Uh, Santa Ono, the president at Michigan, said, I, and of course the grammar mess up is, uh, is comical, I pleased to share that I have been having, I have been having very positive and constructive conversations with our athletic director and football coach. Ward Manuel and I both want to see Jim Harbaugh stay as the head football coach of the University of Michigan Wolverines. Hashtag go blue. And, of course, Jim Harbaugh comes back with, I am in full support of President Ono's message to our fans and appreciate his support of me and the team. So you're in support of President Ono's support of you. Like, why Why would Jim Harbaugh have to release a statement about this? I mean, it's, it's really just comical at this point, right? Uh, so what this is, and this is from the Wolverine Digest over at Fan Nation. It's a it, si.com. Uh, subsidiary. This is what's going on here, and I, I'm just going to read it from them. These guys know best. Uh, Chris Breiler is the one that posted this back a couple of days ago. And this is all just a contract negotiation, right? I mean, that's exactly what this is. Uh, like, is this a Ward Manual versus Jim Harbaugh situation? Is is that what's going on here? Um, you know, Jim Harbaugh wants a new contract. I don't blame him for that. Like, I mean, he, they just went, you know, back-to-back playoffs. They just beat Ohio State again. They won the Big Ten again. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to want more money again. I understand that. It says, uh, another day, another layer to the Jim Harbaugh NFL saga. According to a report that surfaced on Wednesday, Harbaugh was set to sign a contract extension with Michigan this week that would have made him one of the highest-paid coaches in the Big Ten. And then, for some reason, things fell uh, fell through, although it's not entirely clear what went wrong. So it says uh, there does seem to be some disconnect between Harbaugh and UM Athletic Director Ward Manuel, uh, one that is resulting in the process becoming far more lengthy and difficult than necessary. And so this is the report that came out. And, and here's the situation. We'll start off with this. The NCAA stuff. The secondary violations are apparently comical at best, but Harbaugh just refused to work with them. Like, the NCAA came around investigating, and, of course, the rumors are that he bought, like, some hamburgers for some players or something along those lines, and the NCAA came to him with this, and he just kind of shoot him off. And told, he told him he's not going to work with them, which is rule number one in Oklahoma State and multiple other schools will tell you Never cooperate. It's just the truth. The NCAA has no teeth at this point. You know who didn't cooperate? Memphis basketball. They did not cooperate, and they got nothing. You know who did cooperate? Oklahoma State basketball. And they got a postseason ban for a bunch of players and coaches that are now working there that did nothing wrong. So, either way, back to this now. Uh... Let's let's look at it. the pre-offer. Post-Ohio State Communications indicated to Jim he would be the highest-paid coach in the Big Ten, have the largest assistant pool salary, uh, lots of NIL support, and support from university uh, for the program. So it said the first offer. The first offer was a race in base or a raise in base salary. It was not high enough to meet Big Ten peers, and it did not increase the assistant coach salary pool, and it included, uh, included a large buyout. So basically, this was Michigan protecting themselves. It says the notice of allegations from the NCAA were well known, but after the AD was told they were coming anytime, Ward changed his tune and offered that contract. Harbaugh balked and felt he wasn't wanted by everyone at the university like he was in 2015. He also doubted the university's support of him, specifically the AD. Uh, it said as a result, he hired an agent and started communication with the NFL as backup. So... Uh, the numbers on that one, it says, uh, were 8.1 million base with incentives that could get up to 11. Assistant coach pool was 7.1 million. Uh, buyout for coach was around 9 million. Okay. Now the second offer. 
says some time has passed. President Ono gets involved. Only then does Ward get uh, get moving more. The new offer was made with a lower buyout, five million dollars, a base salary around nine point five million, and incentives getting him closer to twelve or thirteen million. Uh, it says an increased assistant salary pool of seven point seven million. Uh, with incentives getting closer to $9 million. Ono personally gave Jim support against the NCAA. Things were turning in the right direction. The contract was going to be signed, but lack of support from Ward and his antics caused Harbaugh to pause and look at Plan B just in case. Plan B is the NFL. So now, here we are. We are sitting here discussing what is Jim Harbaugh going to do. And I think the smartest thing for him to do, as it's always been, is to stay at Michigan. But he wants to be respected. This is absolutely an ego thing. Like, and, and to be a good head coach, I think you do have to have that, right? And we'll talk here in just a minute about other coaches that might have those. But there has to be a reason. Like, there has to be that, that, big, uh, that big head, right? Where you are confident in your abilities and you want to feel respected and you want to feel like everybody wants you and that we're all pulling together, et cetera, et cetera. And that's not going on at Michigan. And part of that is Harbaugh's fault. I mean, remember, the reason that Harbaugh is out of the NFL is partially because he's really difficult to work with. The San Francisco 49ers organization, they did not like working with Jim Harbaugh, even though he won a ridiculous amount of games. So now here at Michigan... His alma mater. Yeah, I can see it. I understand it. I'm I'm very curious to see where this goes. My guess, if you'd asked me a week ago, I would have said he's going to the NFL. Right now, I think he's coming back to Michigan, and I think the president is going to be the one that sides with him. Um, and I don't know how long Ward Manuel is going to be in this job. That's that's just you know my my opinion on this. But we'll see. We'll see what ends up happening. Next on the list here, I'm sure you guys are loving this. Derek Mason decided that he is going to step away from coaching football. He spent one year at Auburn, and then he spent one year at Oklahoma State, both in the defensive coordinator role. This is after he uh, was let go at Vanderbilt as head coach. Things obviously did not go well in Stillwater. This year. Like, they just did not go well at all. Um, <laughs> but this is just something else to add to what's happening, right? The The second half of this season was a nightmare for that bunch. Then you get news of, you know, early on, several players are transferring out. And, oh, wait, the starting quarterback that's been there for four years, he has entered the transfer portal. Uh, by my last count, there are 16 players that have transferred out. And multiple, multiple starters that are going to other P5 programs. I don't, I mean, obviously everybody's gonna, everybody has a different reason for transferring. Now your defensive coordinator that's only been there for a year decides that he is going to not move to another job. Like, he wants to take a sabbatical. He just doesn't want to coach next year. What in the world is happening in Stillwater? Like, I am just surprised, and I don't know exactly what to make of it. Um, this is... So let's let's roll through what Derek Mason said here. I'm going to pull it up on the screen. Um, it says, you know, he thanked Gundy for his leadership in the Oklahoma State staff and community, as well as the student-athletes whom he had the privilege to coach. Um, Gundy, you know, he commented on it. And he said, I know it was a tough decision, but life is bigger than football. I, I'm i just I'm a little surprised. I'm going to open it up and, and let you guys actually see it. After 30 consecutive seasons in the great game of football, I've decided to take a sabbatical from coaching in college at the conclusion of my current contract at Oklahoma State. Now, he did say in college. Now, he did coach with the Vikings back in 2007 through, I think it was like 2009. Um, so maybe he's going back to the NFL. Who knows? Um, but he said, I look forward to spending time with my family to rest and reflect on opportunities within 
uh, within the game I love. I've been blessed during my tenure at Oklahoma State to work alongside Coach Gundy. His leadership and consistency are unmatched in the profession. Uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Here's, here's the deal. This is one of two things. Either things are really, really, really bad in Stillwater, and who knows? I mean, maybe they are because there's been a lot of people transferring out, et cetera, et cetera. Or this is something that, that we've been harping about on this show for a very, very long time, and that is that the college coaching calendar is absolutely ridiculous. Like, him doing this right now makes all the sense in the world considering we've got the transfer portal, we've got national signing, or I guess early signing day that was just done, you got all the bowl game stuff, uh, everything that goes on during the season, it is non-stop. And there is no break. Because, as I mentioned on the last show, we got spring ball coming up really soon. You know, you got your February 1st signing day, and then you immediately kick it in in March. Like, there's no time. You got to be on the phone recruiting that 2024 class as soon as this one gets signed on February 1st. There's no break for college coaches. It's just insane. And in the NFL, I mean, you got a long time as a coach that you don't have to do nothing. So if he has opportunities to go back to the NFL, even if it's just as a position coach, I think it could make a whole lot of sense. Just a whole lot of sense for him. So we'll see. We'll we'll see what ends up happening. Um, you know, it, it seems like panic in Stillwater, Oklahoma right now. You know, everybody's freaking out. What's going on? We lose the D.C. We're losing all these starters. We lost our quarterback and all that. This seems like the kind of year where Oklahoma State will come out next year like gangbusters and just destroy everybody. Just a guess. I mean, who who knows? We'll see. Uh, obviously, it's a little bit easier these days with the returning production numbers and everything else. But uh, you can also uh, retool through the transfer portal, and they've got several kids coming in already. We'll we'll see what Mike Gundy has up his sleeve. All right, we got to talk about it. Got to talk about it. Nick Saban voted Alabama number two in his final coaches poll. Uh, that was released, I guess, not that long ago. Is he nuts? I don't think so. I don't believe so. Let's uh, let's pull up this article here. Nick Saban was not the only coach to have TCU outside of the top two, although he did have TCU at number three. Uh, Dana Demel at UTEP voted TCU number nine. Uh, Notre Dame's Marcus Freeman and Boston College's Jeff Halfley had the Horned Frogs at number five. And Southern Miss coach Will Hall had the Horn Frogs at number six. Now, it doesn't really say, um, well, here, both Halfley and Freeman voted Ohio State number two, while Hall had Michigan at number two. DeMell agreed with Saban and had the Crimson Tide second. Uh, it said the votes of coaches are kept through, uh, private throughout the season uh, before their votes for the final poll are annually revealed. So this is not nuts, what Saban did. Uh, people look at it as, oh, can you believe that he voted for himself that highly? That's unbelievable. Why would you do that? Well, let's let's just look at the Pac-12. Kalen DeBoer uh, voted Washington number six. That's higher than basically everybody else had them. Uh, Washington State coach Jake Dickert, uh, he ranked USC ahead of Utah in his poll. Nevertheless, that Utah beat USC head-to-head twice this year both on a neutral and at home. So, I don't think Saban is crazy. Uh, we talked about coaches that have confidence, coaches with a, a little bit of ego, etc. Uh, we all heard this heading into the playoff reveal, right? The Final Four, when it was revealed on that Sunday, that whole championship weekend, you heard Nick Saban constantly. Whether it was on Fox or ESPN or wherever, he was pushing, he was promoting he was trying to persuade that committee to let his guys in because he knew he had a team and they let a couple teams off the hook. He knew what was up. I don't blame him at all for doing this. I think I think at the end of the day, let's just be real about what the coach's poll is. It's a bunch of SIDs voting usually. Uh, the final one might be the coaches, but during the season, like you all, I think the guys that... All of you that listen to this show, I feel like you are smart enough and that you have followed college football long enough to understand that head coaches 
are not going to submit a ballot for 25 teams on Sunday morning after a game. <laughs> They're just not going to do it. So it's typically sports information directors. Okay? They're the ones that are going to put this stuff in, and it's just kind of a hodgepodge because those guys are working too on the weekends. They got stuff to do on Saturdays. So they are not really watching all of these other games. The coaches poll is where it was widely viewed as, oh, this is what the coaches uh, the coaches have Texas A&M at number 19, uh, but the AP poll has them at number 15. Well, hmm, you know, I, I think I trust the coaches. They know the game more. No, 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 no. Okay, uh, that's why you begin to see these things uh, mimic each other throughout the season. It's because they don't know. Like, if a team won, then good. If they beat somebody good, they might move up. If they lost to somebody... Uh, that's pretty good, that won't move down far. Like, we understand how the polls work. I don't think it's nuts that Nick Saban had Alabama ranked number two. The same way I don't think it's nuts that Kalen DeBoer had Washington ranked number six. Like, I, you vote whatever you want to on these things. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter. doesn't matter. We all know that Georgia won the national championship, and the rest is just kind of whatever. Yeah, cheers to it. All right. Let's hit one more, one more, and then uh, we got a whole lot of things that you need to know, or a whole lot of things that you need to know uh, on the other side. Let's check out some things you should know about. Follow the show on Twitter at Winning Cures, and you can follow Gary at Gary WCE. You can also follow on Facebook. Got your own podcast or web show? Looking to start one, or you're just curious how we look and sound so good? Well, we've got all the gear that we use listed on our gear page on the website. If you order using our links, you'll be supporting the show, too. Subscribe on YouTube to get not only full Winning Cures Everything shows, but individual segments and other goodies as well. We're over 6,000 subscribers, and our goal by the end of the year is 7,500. If you're interested in advertising on a show that reaches over 80,000 unique football fans per month during the season, send an email to Gary at winningcureseverything.com and we'll put together a plan that best fits you or your business. And now, back to the show. All right, let me tell you right quick about Valtimeri Surf Company. These guys are fantastic. It's a collegiate town apparel company. There's a link in the description. You use the promo code Gary10. You're going to get 10% off your order. Uh, look, they do custom college towns as well, but I, I highly recommend it. The material on the shirt's incredibly comfortable. Like, it, there's there's just a lot to these things. Go and check them out. I love the designs over at valtimerysurfco.com. Click that link in the description. All right, we got a lot of things that you need to know. Let's see. Toss that on. Number one, Mississippi State hired App State offensive coordinator Kevin Barbe. That means the, the air raid is gone. And I think it makes sense, right? Zach Arnett is, you know, it, he runs a 3-3-5, and Mike Leach gave him an opportunity to get out of San Diego State or whatever, right? He, Rocky Long disciple. Truth be told... Playing defense opposite a balanced offense is a little bit easier. You can ask Jay Bateman about that. Right? <laughs> That's the former North Carolina uh, defense coordinator. He was the offensive coordinator, or excuse me, he was the defense coordinator at Army. Jay Bateman was. And obviously it's a little different when your offense is holding on to the ball for like 39 minutes a game. You know, <laughs> so your defense only got to be out there for 20 minutes. Well, on the other side, if your offense is really quick, scores a lot, like Phil Longo's offense, it's harder to play defense. And yet, Zach Arnett's defense was able to make it work. But I, it, going with more of a balanced offense uh, with what App State did this year, I mean, I, I think it makes sense for Zach Arnett and for Mississippi State. Uh, but yeah, toodaloo to the air raid. Number two, David Shaw interviewed with the Broncos. That's former Stanford coach, and I do find it pretty entertaining that all this stuff is going on with Jim Harbaugh. David Shaw is the one who replaced Jim Harbaugh at Stanford, and now there is a possibility that he could be the dude for the Denver Broncos. Now, I don't know how likely that is to happen, uh, but the fact that he's out here getting interviews, kind of a big deal, but it also goes to show 
that it wasn't that he's tired of coaching. It's that he's tired of coaching at Stanford. So I could imagine David Shaw uh, coming back to a number of other jobs. Now we'll see what ends up happening. But yeah, uh, people, the majority of coaches want to get out of college and go to the NFL because the, the calendar is easier. The schedule is lighter. Number three, we've got uh, Northwestern. Now, we don't talk much about them. They did hire a new defensive coordinator, David Braun. He's the D.C. from North Dakota State. Has been there since 2019. Uh, I think it's a good hire, for one. But the second part of this is Northwestern is investigating an allegation of hazing that came after the 2022 college football season. Now, this obviously happened before David Braun was brought in. He was just brought in, I mean, just recently. But this is something to pay attention to. Northwestern, one of those schools that really, really prides themselves on being an academic institution, they don't deal with, they don't just sweep this stuff under the rug. Something will come out of this. Uh, But there's no information. Like, they're doing a really good job of kind of zipping things up there. Uh, So we'll, we'll see, we'll see what ends up happening. Number four, uh, Darnell Washington. The Georgia tight end has declared for the NFL draft. And with his size, he is going to be drafted highly, I would imagine. I mean, the dude is an absolute monster. I think he's 6'7", 280 pounds or 260 or something. I mean, he moves just ridiculously well for his size. Uh, he will he will be headed to the NFL draft. So cheers to him for uh, jumping along. I, I know a lot of SEC teams that will be very, very glad that he is out of here. <laughs> uh, number five, who has entered the transfer portal? All right, we got a list. We got a list of some impact dudes, okay? We're going to start off with this one. Offensive tackle Jacob Hood from Georgia. He is now in the portal. Four-star guy. Linebacker Iabi Oki. And I believe it used to be Iabi Anoma. I think. Maybe my brain's playing tricks on me. Uh, from Michigan. He had four sacks this year. Uh, he has he has played at four different places. Now he's in the transfer portal again. He played at Alabama, at Houston, at UT Martin, and now he's at Michigan. And did some good things on that defense for sure. I don't know why he's trying to get out again. But either way, he is a good player. Uh, quarterback Walker Howard from LSU. Signs are kind of pointing to TCU or at least that's what they were early now there might be some Florida involved here Uh, who knows Walker Howard really really good player his dad played at LSU so the fact that he is leaving LSU lets you know that I think Garrett Nussmeyer is going to be the next dude and he's going to be around for a while so we'll see Uh, wide receiver Kyle Ford at USC he is uh, he's out of here He's, uh, he's entered the portal. He is doing his thing. It's another four-star guy. All these, by the way, are four-star and above guys. Um, linebacker Jamari Budin from Penn State. He has entered the portal. Tight end Ryland Good or Goad. Good or Goad? I, I don't know. From Georgia. He has entered the portal. Uh, running back Asa Martin from Memphis has entered the transfer portal. Um, Memphis did get a running back from Old Dominion during the transfer portal or di- like during the transfer window or whatever. So it uh, looks like Asa Martin is going to be looking for a new home and cornerback Ishmael Ibrahim from Texas. Another good player. They, those are all the guys that have entered the portal. Now let's move on to number six on things you should know. We got a whole list of dudes that have, that we knew that they entered the transfer portal, but now they have decided where they're going to go. So we got to talk about it. Uh, today, I mean, just just not that long ago, uh, the Ohio State defensive end uh, Javante Jean Baptiste is going from Ohio State to Notre Dame. That's a heck of a player, heck of a player. He was, uh, I believe, PFF rated him the number eighty-six edge defender out of eight hundred and sixty-two. Like he was the second highest one at Ohio State behind Zach Harrison. But he's he's a player. He didn't play a lot of snaps late, but that's a, that's a big gift for Notre Dame. Uh, South Carolina wide receiver Corey Rucker, who did not get to play much this year because of injury, he is actually transferring back to Arkansas State. So props to him. Kentucky defensive lineman Justin Rogers, 
he uh, he is going to join Hugh Freeze and Auburn. I think that makes sense. Auburn definitely needed some linemen. Holy mackerel. Uh, so this kid will be playing from day one. Well, look at that. We talked about Oklahoma State. Might as well bring this up. Wide receiver J.P. Richardson is headed to TCU. Uh, that makes all the sense in the world. TCU quarterback Sam Jackson. He is headed to Cal, of all places. Uh, we'll see We'll see what that offense looks like for Cal uh, this season. But Sam Jackson, super quick. I mean, that guy is fast, fast. So we'll see what he ends up doing. A&M defensive end Anthony Lucas is going to USC. That's another team out in, uh, out in Los Angeles that needed some linemen badly, especially on the defensive side. So cheers to that. Anthony Lucas is probably going to get a lot of early playing time. Uh, Kentucky running back Cavassier Smoke. He is joining Deion Sanders' program at Colorado. Not too shabby. Not too shabby. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, I think that's... I think that's all I got on the list for today. There's going to be something else pop up over the weekend. I'd almost guarantee it. I would almost guarantee it. I got to tell you, I, uh, so I've been working a lot uh, at multiple things, right? But I had to lift a bunch of stuff today, and my muscles are about to fall off the bone. Like, I am so worn out. Uh, but, hey, we had to get the show out. I've told you guys, we're going to be doing at least two shows a week. And three if there's emergencies. But I will be putting out two shows a week. Uh, unless I'm on vacation. And even then, I might just put out a podcast anyway. may not do video. But that's why you need to be subscribed to the podcast, if you're not already. If you haven't, uh, go ahead and like the video. Make sure that you are subscribed everywhere you need to be subscribed, both on YouTube and on the podcast. And of course, follow me on Twitter, at GaryWCE. Make sure and go and check out BetUS. Sign up for that $50 free play. No deposit required. All the good stuff. You guys know how this works. <sighs> it's time to get out of here. I hope you all have wonderful weekends. I hope you all do uh, all the amazing things that you would like to do this weekend. Uh, I celebrated my 40th birthday in the middle of this week. And, um, and yeah, I'm still dreaming. A lot of it has to do with this show, but we'll continue on. We'll continue on. We'll see what happens. Uh, love you guys. I appreciate you guys. Thank you for supporting the show. You uh, you let me live out a, a dream every single day that I'm doing this. <laughs> All right. With that said, guys, enjoy the college basketball this weekend. Uh, enjoy the NFL playoffs. All that good stuff. Uh, we're, we're going to be talking Senior Bowl. We're going to be talking all kind of stuff. I think on Monday's show, if I'm not mistaken, we, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Week 0 and Week 1 of the 2023 season. We're going to do some awards for the end of the 2022 season. And, uh, and yeah, we're going to start building out this schedule for the rest of January and beyond all the way up through kickoff of next year. So, all right, let's get out of here. You guys have been fantastic. Take care of yourself, take care of each other, and hopefully, hopefully, all of your tickets cash this week. Thanks for listening to Winning Cures Everything. Make sure and subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app, and make sure to leave a nice five-star review. You can follow Gary on Twitter, at GaryWCE, and the show is at Winning Cures. Be sure to check out the merch in our web store and share the show.